Our sermon this morning will be briefer than normal, um, given the nature of the other elements of our service today as we are about to install um, Jeff Prager, the Reverend Jeffrey Prager, as an assistant pastor in our congregation. Our sermon text this morning comes from John, the very end of John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 25. It's printed for you in the back of your order of worship if you'd like to reference there. Um, Here, Jesus um, not only restores uh, Peter to himself, they are reconciled to one another after Peter, of course, betrayed Jesus on the night of his trial um, before his death. Um, But but what Jesus is doing also in this passage is he's commissioning, he's setting apart Peter to serve as a shepherd, as a pastor to the people of God, to the the church that Jesus is now going to constitute um, by um, the pouring out of his spirit around himself. And and, and so Peter, in some ways, is is being set apart as the the first pastor here, and, and he serves as a model for all those who are called to ordain ministries in the centuries to come in that way. And as we'll see this morning, what Jesus is calling Peter to above all things is not to a life of giftedness or intelligence or or rhetorical eloquence or any of those things. Um, But in his pastoral call, um, Jesus is teaching Peter that his capacity as a shepherd of God's people will will be determined and by the extent to which he is following in the way of Jesus himself. And he's giving us that, I think, as a model for all pastors and for the people of God, that they might understand who their pastors are to be for them. Pastors are to be men who follow in the way of Jesus. Listen now to God's holy and inerrant word to, um, for, for us from John this morning, beginning in verse 15 of chapter 21 and continuing to the end. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because Jesus said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This Jesus said to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, Jesus said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against Jesus during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? 
When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who was bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did, were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Thus far, the reading of God's word, it is absolutely true. And it is given to you because your Father in heaven loves you. Let's pray. Father, I ask now that the words of my mouth and the meditations and thoughts of our hearts gathered here this morning would be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight through our rock and redeemer, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This conversation between Jesus and Peter that's recorded here at the end of John 21 is an immensely uh, rich passage, and we will certainly not come anywhere close to mining its depths this morning. That is beyond our purview. I just want to make three simple points out of this passage regarding um, Jesus' instructions here um, regarding the pastoral ministry and its application um, even for Jeff and for our church today. Um, first, in this passage, Jesus is teaching Peter that a pastor will demonstrate his love for Jesus in no way more than this. He will feed his sheep. That's what it means for men who are called to the ministry to love their Lord. It is they give their lives to feed the sheep. Simon, son of John, Jesus says, do you love me? He asks him this question three times, of course, famously. And each time Peter responds in the affirmative, the last time emphatically so. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And how does Jesus respond to each of those declarations from Peter? Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jeff, as you begin your ministry among us and as you return to active service as a pastor after some years away from active ministry, I encourage you to remember this. The way that you show your love for Jesus, and I know that you love him, is not by performing dramatic and glorious acts of spiritual achievement. No, the way that you love Jesus best is by simply tending to and feeding the sheep that belong to him. You see, these people in this room, these men, women, and children right here, they are precious to Jesus. They matter to him deeply. As Paul will instruct the elders in Ephesus, people in this room and others like them are those who are bought and redeemed with the blood of Christ, with his precious blood. That's who they are. And so the way that you love Jesus in your ministry is always going to be intimately connected to the way in which you love the faces and figures in this room. That's how it works. 
Pastoral ministry is not glamorous. It is not for the ambitious, at least as those in the world count ambition. No, pastoral ministry at its heart is simply to love and serve and tend to and feed the beautiful, precious, holy, complicated, sinful lambs for whom Christ shed his blood. That's what it is. But as our Lord teaches Peter, and this is the second point, for one who would be a faithful pastor to feed the sheep faithfully, to to tend to them according to the way of Jesus will involve suffering for those called to this ministry. The call to the pastorate is a call to a particular form of suffering. In fact, in some sense, the way in which faithful pastors feed their sheep is by giving their lives in suffering for and with the precious blood-bought sheep that they serve. Listen again now to verses 17 to 19 as Jesus explains to Peter what it will mean for him to feed the sheep of God. Jesus said to him a third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And then there's no break, right? We often stop the passage there, but there's no break. Jesus just keeps talking. He describes how the sheep are to be fed. He says, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, Peter, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, under my tutelage, he's saying, under my leadership, as you follow me as a shepherd of the people of God, you will Stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. The longer I serve as a pastor, the more I realize and experience that there is a particular form of suffering that is prepared and set apart and given to those who serve the church faithfully in ordained pastoral ministry. There is no other way to be a pastor than this. Now, of course, all Christians have the cross laid upon them. Jesus is very clear about that, but a fundamental part of the special and holy calling of a pastor is a call to a special and holy form of suffering. Um, Part of the suffering involved in being a pastor is is that you are no longer a man who belongs to yourself. Your life isn't yours anymore if you get ordained, if you have hands laid on you, if the church sets you apart in this way. You are now under orders from someone else. Your life does not belong to yourself any longer in the way that it did before. You serve at the behest and call of the church if you are an ordained pastor, or at least you should. To be a pastor is to surrender your ambition, your independence, and to go and serve wherever Jesus Christ, through his church, calls you or keeps you. That's the deal. And at least now for you, Jeff, this congregation is the place where Jesus is calling you through his church to serve. This congregation is now the limit of the horizon of your ambition, unless and until the church calls you to another field, somewhere else. Part of the suffering of pastor goes beyond that, though. It's the way in which you are called to bear the burdens of others in a particular way. You see, pastors are called into the most difficult moments of people's lives. They're called to serve 
in the front lines of the sufferings of others as it's happening, right? Right in the middle of it. This is not something I bargained for in seminary. They did not tell me much about this. Um, I have a vivid memory of this kind of thing. I won't give the details of the situation, but when I was in my second year of pastoral ministry in St. Louis, I uh, got a phone call in the middle of the night and ended up going to one of the city hospitals to to be with um, and speak to and pray with um, a young couple in crisis who were members of my congregation. I remember um, in the stillness of the night, in the darkness, getting out of the car in that hospital parking garage. It was like two in the morning. I was 29 years old. Um, It was totally quiet, right? The garage was mostly um, abandoned and it was uh, silent. And I remember thinking to myself, this is probably the worst moment of these people's lives up to this point. And these were two people I loved and cared about. I'd done their wedding like a year before. Um, I cared about them deeply. They weren't strangers. They were intimate um, friends. And this situation, it's the worst thing they've ever faced right here. It may be the worst thing that they'll ever face in their entire life. And I just remember like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm supposed to just walk into that hospital room into the middle of all that pain and grief and suffering and anger and confusion. And I'm supposed to not just like show up as a, you know, a buddy or something, but as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ ordained and set apart to be his presence in that place for these people. And I remember just thinking, what am I doing here? I feel completely inadequate for this. But of course, that hospital was exactly where I was supposed to be that night. Because the sheep that belong to Jesus need their pastors to show up in places like that. And that's what Jesus calls pastors to do. If you're going to be a faithful pastor, it is impossible, it is impossible to avoid stepping into the darkest and most challenging places of the lives of the people of God, right? Not in the abstract, but in the actual. Whether it's grief or heinous sin or conflict or despair or rage or violence or doubt or death, whatever it is, the darkest places of the people of God, that's where pastors are called to be. And they're called to be there not in and of themselves, but in the name of Jesus, to bring Jesus to those places. That is part of the suffering of a pastor, is to give yourself to that work. And there's much more I could say about the way in which there are particular forms of pastoral suffering. But but suffice to say this, Jeff, if you are to be a faithful pastor in the way of Jesus, then you will learn what he means here when he says, when you were young, You used to dress yourself and go where you wanted to go. But when you are old, another will dress you and will lead you where you do not want to go. It is true. And this, in fact, will be the primary way that you will feed the sheep that Jesus has given you, is by suffering with them and for them. But the final thing that Jesus teaches Peter about what it means to be a faithful pastor is summed up in verses 19 to 22. After saying this, Um, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. And Peter turned and he saw the disciple, John says, whom Jesus loved, 
talking about himself, of course, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, when he saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. To be a pastor is to follow Jesus. It is to stick close to the great shepherd. It is to abide with Jesus Christ. And ultimately, the particular reward of the pastoral life is Jesus, as it turns out. That's what it is. And this, I think, is the great secret of pastoral ministry. If you are to be sustained and have a fruitful and effective ministry for decades and decades, you must embrace this, I think. That the reward of the ministry is Jesus. Jeff, you already know this, I'm sure, but just to remind you, you should know that there is the possibility in the pastoral life of an intimacy with God that is unique to this calling. It has something to do, I think, with the time that you're given by the church to read the scriptures, to pray, to press into Christ, to to steward the mysteries of God. It has something to do with how you're called to enter into those vulnerable places in people's lives and their suffering and sit with them and watch over their souls in that place to be the presence of Christ for them. It also has to do, I think, with the way that ministry will strip you of any illusion that you have about control or your competency and will force you again and again to rely on Jesus for your strength, for your approval, for your confidence. In the pastoral life, if you can avoid the siren call of false ambition, if you can learn to not begrudge the cost that is required, if you can learn not to cling to all that you must give up in terms of honor or wealth or freedom, if you will just press into your calling, into the scriptures, into the people of God, into prayer, into the sacraments, then the good news is this. Christ himself will be there waiting for you. And he will give himself to you in a way that you could not have received otherwise. That's the promise of the pastoral life, that Jesus sustains his pastors, that Jesus will be present with them, that Jesus will be their life, and this will be their reward. And so, Jeff, as Jesus tells Peter here, don't worry about other people. Don't worry about whoever John might be for you. Other ministries, other callings, don't worry about what's going to happen with them. You, as our Lord says, are called to follow him wherever he leads. And this is not only the cost, but also the reward of the pastoral life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray um, for you to bless the preaching of your word. May it take root in our lives, Father. Um, Give us faithful pastors to your church. Give us um, sheep um, who love and and, and follow um, and listen um, to their pastors as their pastors follow in the way of Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.